Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time for the host with no filter and the millennial who keeps him in check. Get ready for the stories that matter to you. It's Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro and Jamie D. All right. What's up, Vegas? What's up? Is my mic? Is my mic on, or do I have a limp mic? Is my mic on? Because I don't hear myself. I don't hear myself either, but that's okay. Welcome to the show. (laughs) That's the voice of of Paul McCaskey. Uh, I can hear myself now. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. With the radio shopping show. Whether it's shopping during (laughs) We're off to to a good start here. It's always nice to start the show with a spot. But anyway, that that was not a sponsor of my show, by the way. What advertisement was that, by the way? That was a KSHP ad. Well, you guys don't sponsor my show. I don't even know how that happened. You guys don't. Anyway. All right. Off to a great start here. It's ADD Friday on Pushing the Limits. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Uh, we got uh, the big seven-footer, Paul McCaskey, joining us in hour number one later on in the show. Uh, Real Kid Poker, arguably the best poker player in the world for the last 30 years. Danny Negreanu will be joining us. Uh, talk a little poker with him. Talk a little VGK hockey with him and many other topics. There are some big controversies in the world of poker. And coming up also in hour number two, Guy David's going to be joining us in studio. Uh, Big story coming out about uh, some documents that were classified uh, that were exposed, and it has nothing to do with Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Go figure. We'll talk a little bit about that. I have some of these documents that I leaked. (laughs) I think for the NBA playoffs. Paul McKeskey's documents. Um, I want to mention, I I hate to be a downer here. Because today's a different show. Yesterday was a very stressful show with Rhonda Kennedy, but uh, we're going to have some fun today. But I want I want to do mention this real quickly. Uh, you know, it was my sister's uh, would have been my sister's 38th birthday on April 11th, and I didn't mention it on the air because, quite frankly, I was afraid I was going to break down. Uh, but I want to w- wish my sister a happy 38th birthday, and uh, I miss her very much. I love her very much, and I wish she was still here. And uh, some more sad news to report. A guy who was a local uh, basketball coach here, and uh, in my 20 years of officiating, Mo, he was one of the most respectful players when I officiated him playing and coaching. He was so great with kids, and I just learned that he was shot in a, what appears to be a murder uh, in the backyard of a home in West Las Vegas, uh, Lindor Connie Jr., um, I'm so sad to hear this news because, you know, Mo, as you know, officiating is difficult sometimes and people will give you a lot of flack uh coaches players as a coach and a player he was just such a joy to work with he was so respectful to the officials he was always treated me great and i'm just so sad so my thoughts and prayers go out to his family i hope they get the sobs that 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 did this to him he was found shot and killed so uh last night i went to the uh the uh the juco here they have an open run with a lot of players and old coaches and stuff that go it's uh, guys trying to play at the juco level here and uh, I saw your post, so I showed a lot of those guys that picture, and they all knew him. Yeah. They all knew him. It's really sad. Uh, Great guy, Mo. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, I remember he would be the assistant on the bench, and he would always be the guy to calm down his coach and come up to me and say, I'm sorry, I, I'm calming him down for you. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and I always said, Coach, how's it going? I always had a nice rapport with him, and I didn't always have a great rapport with some of the other coaches in this city. <laughs> he was great with the kids. Um, he was as a player, he was a pretty darn good player too. He was like a, a big man. He was a big dude. And, and, but he was always respectful, man. And when I saw that, I was just so sad gun violence. We talk about it all the time Mo, on this show. And I don't know exactly what happened there, but they found his body, uh, in the backyard of a home in West Las Vegas. And, and they don't know who did it. 
Yeah, and um, yeah. so my thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Uh, Lendor was one of the good ones in this town, and he will be sorely missed. Uh, always tough to make that transition from from that to, to, to basketball mode, but always appreciate it when you come in. I want to talk about what is, I guess you could call it a controversial story. I don't think it's very controversial. I just think it makes Zion Williamson look really bad. Once again, for the second time, we see him dunking in the layup line or in practice. And then in the biggest game of the year for his team in a must-win game, he doesn't play. And I said to myself, Mo's got to have an opinion on this because it really pisses me off. What do you? What goes through your mind, Mo, as the NBA veteran that you are and you've coached forever? What when, when you see a guy like Zion dunking in the layup line, and he's not playing in in the most important game of the year? First of all, the <clears throat> first thing that goes through my mind is why. So let me ask you this: Why? Why is he doing that? So uh, he if he wanted to see how he felt, whether there's a practice court there, by the way. That's uh, behind closed doors. No one sees it. No cameras. Instead, he does it on the main floor mm-hmm. where all the cameras are. Everyone can see him and everybody can question him why. So there's a message being sent by by him and his group or whatever saying, you know, hey, I, I probably could play, but I'm not going to. I don't. It's very confusing to me because I came from an era where you would do whatever you could to get on the floor. And maybe stuff you shouldn't do, like I've done before, is take a shot to, to get back on the court to play in a playoff game uh, or a very important game. And I've seen many, many players do it. But that era is gone. And uh, But if you, you know, we used to say, okay, hey, Sidney uh, Moncrief, you're 60%. That's better than 100% of a lot of players. Right. And, and he would play. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, well, you know, physically I'm okay, but mentally I'm just not right in tune. What are you talking about? You, you get paid twenty million, thirty. I don't know what he's being paid, plus all his sponsorship, and you you're physically ready. But you need to go out there and help your team, and that's going to set a precedent for what his future looks like and that team. I mean, if you're the owner or general manager, let alone the coach of that team, who I know, you're going well. What do we want to invest more in him? Do we want to build a team around him? He. It's availability. He's Red only flag. played in 29 games this season. And, Mo, it gets worse. I want to give you more details. This was a, a player workout, and witnesses say that he uh, Williamson was also making hard, explosive moves on the court and was hitting shots with a trainer defending him, and that it didn't appear that his right hamstring, which he entered in January, was bothering him at all. Well, at he, all. He said he... He made that statement physically. I'm okay, but just I'm not there mentally. So well, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. What, what 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 does that mean? Uh, I mean, I understand there are people out there that have mental illness. Like I get that, but if you're mentally not capable of playing a basketball game and it has nothing to do with an injury, then maybe you shouldn't be getting paid. Okay. Yeah. Just look at uh, uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, that, oh, well, that, that guy. That yeah. saga has been going on for three years now. And, and you're right, by the way, Mo, because uh, Williamson said, physically, quote, physically I'm fine. Now it's a matter of when I feel like Zion. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> when I feel like Zion. Now he's talking in the third person. Yeah, that's a problem, too. What? You know, because, you know, when Coach Mo starts talking in the third person, you got to be careful because Coach Mo's coming for you. <laughs> Zion said, what if Zion said this to you? He said, quote, to the media, I can pretty much do everything, but it's just a matter of the level that I was playing at before my hamstring. First of all, that's a ridiculous statement in its own because even Zion at 80%, your team needs to get get on the court, you Absolutely. dope. Nope. Get on the court, you clown. Uh, I don't want to go out there. 
and be in my own head and affect the team when I can just be on the sidelines supporting them. You think that's better? You think you're helping your team by doing that? By being a cheerleader? You know whose decision it is to see if you're helping or hurting the team? The coach. Exactly. So he watched you play. You give it. We used to do this all the time. Hey, hey, coach, I'm not 100%. I'm going to warm up and I'm going to give it a try. I'll let you know how I feel. You know, or, you know, if you think I'm hurting the team, just take me out. And, and that's how it was done. But now you're premeditating decisions that, I mean, he could have gone on the floor and uh, after two minutes, uh, hey, I'm not right. Go sit down. You know what would happen? His teammates and his coach would respect him more. But, Coach, you, you've you been dealing with professional basketball players as a coach and as an assistant coach in the NBA. Obviously, times have changed. So let me ask you this. If you are the head coach of this team, what can you say? Not what you want to say. But what can you say to a guy like Zion who said he didn't want to go? Well, you can't really say. I mean, you can say something, but it has no pull because people that make the decisions are the players, the owner, and the general manager. Yeah. So you you go uh, before every game, head coach and, and coaches meet in, in the office, talking, getting ready for the game, and the trainer will come in and say, okay, uh, so these guys are 100%. This guy is 80, but he's going to go. This guy is 50, and this guy we should hold out. And then you go with what you got. Now, if I'm the head coach, and I sit Zion down and, and say, listen, we need you, man. We're right on the cusp, and you will put us over the uh, – at 80%, you'll put us there. Don't want to put that pressure on you, but we really need you. Just let it be known, but it's out of his hands. And, you know, you'll see, like, uh, coaches have been fired. Two coaches have been fired already. Uh, you know, one in Atlanta for standing up to there right. and he was fired. So unfortunately people think that head coaches have all this say they don't. You got to have players that will let you coach them. But in the bottom line, you can't, you have no say over the general manager. Here's, and the owner. here's what really bothers me more than anything. And I'm going to compare Zion a little bit to a woman by the name of Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka at one point was the number one female tennis player in the world at a very young age. She still is very young. She wins the U.S. Open. And then all of a sudden there are some tournaments where she's not playing well and she, and she doesn't want to talk to the media. Now, she claims mental illness. Okay, fine. I support you. Get the help you need. Take some time away from the game. But no, she doesn't do that. Uh, at that time, she was still playing in tournaments, but doesn't want to talk to the media because she claims mental illness. But she has no problem in, you know, doing advertisements and recording ads and doing things that helps her, that benefits her financially. Then all of a sudden, her mental illness goes away. But when it's facing the music and having to answer questions that are not hard questions about why you lost a tennis match, she didn't want to do it. Zion. He's still going out, having a good time. He's been mm -hmm. seen on TMZ going out, going to clubs, hanging out with his friends. And by the way, I have no problem with that. You have the right to do that. But you're telling me that you're not mentally, you're not Zion. You don't want to play on the court, even though it's not physical. But you have no problem off the court doing all that other stuff. It's not like he's staying home and seeking therapy 24 hours a day. That's what pisses me off about this. It's selfish, in my opinion. I support those that are mentally ill. I want you to get help. But don't tell me you're mentally ill and you can't play basketball, but you can do all the other stuff. You can do the ads and your sponsorships and signings and clubbing and all the other stuff. But when it comes to actually playing the game of basketball, oh, no, I'm not Zion. That That's where I get angry, and that's where I think there is a double standard. And sometimes people use mental illness as a cop-out and an excuse for not wanting to do something, you know, that they should be doing. And in the long run, that hurts people that really have trouble because now you're questioning everything and, and you're afraid to say anything, but now you're questioning in the back of your mind. So it hurts everybody. And, um, you know, 
uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I mean, players like Zion at that level, they make a ton of money. There's a lot of pressure on them to perform. Right. So, but that's a given. And they've had it all their lives usually. Um, and they have to have different ways to handle it. But, um, you know, it, 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 it mind boggling to me how I'm physically okay to play right now in a very important game, but I'm not the Zion I want to be. Well, how about you just play as the Zion you are right tonight, and then we'll work on the Zion that you want to be later. How about help us win a game? Guess what, Mo? When I show up to work every day and do a radio show, I'm not the Brian I want to be. I would love to look like Brad Pitt and have a full head of hair (laughs) and have lavish looks and an unbelievable six-pack and a physique. I'm not the Brian I want to be. I would love to have $50 million in my bank account right now. Gosh, I'm not the Brian I want to be. Guess what? I still show up to work and I still do a radio show. And actually, that's <laughs> what hurts like guys like Zion because you know their their uh, um, uh, marketing you know is to the to the uh, community, right? And and you know they have this endorsement and this endorsement. Well, those people have to go to work every day, mm-hmm. no matter if they feel good, they have a headache, you know, maybe one day off. But you know, you're not helping yourself by by doing this stuff. And quite frankly, I don't know. If I felt that way as a player, I wouldn't say it. Why would I say that? I wouldn't say I was 100%, and I wouldn't. I, I would just say I'm just not ready yet. End right. of story. And he gave details that he is physically just fine, but I'm not Zion yet. Uh, this really hurts his career. You alluded to this. Moving forward, does this team even want to keep him? What other team would want a guy like this? Uh, we all know that when he's playing, and, and when he's playing at the level that you know we expect him to play at, He's a hell of a basketball player. He's an unbelievable talent, and he could impact games, and he does impact games. He was a great college player, even though his college career was short-lived because of being a professional, which is understandable. And because he was hurt. Right, and because he was hurt. But he's a hell of a player when he's in you know rare, you know, rare form, which is healthy, mental, physical, whatever. Uh, he's an all-star. And here's, here's what you learn in, in basketball and the NBA for sure, and when the playoffs are coming up. You know, you look at the rosters, you look at the talent, and that's all great. But the key word here is availability. Yeah. Yes. Who's available to play? Because you can have the great roster if a couple guys yeah. aren't available to play. Yeah. It, it right. makes no difference. And I learned that uh, Chris Finch, who's the assistant coach at Minnesota, uh, I mean, he's the head coach at Minnesota Timberwolves. He was the head coach of the Great Britain national team. He brought me on as his assistant, yeah. along with Nick Nurse, who's the head coach in Toronto. And uh, I, I, I was uh, coaching with him for three years with the national team, and um, I had a chance to help Jamaica out, and I asked him uh, questions. What's the most important thing? He said, well, you got to get your roster, who's uh, in your nationality and who can play, and then the next thing is availability. Will they play for you? Right. And that's the biggest thing. And this is the same with, with Zion. I mean, Zion's only played 29 games for the last couple seasons. Unbelievable. So, so yeah. you know. It's unbelievable. And by the way, it's not the only issue that I have with the NBA right now. Let's get to the next one. And I'm going to use a, an interesting analogy here to describe what the Dallas Mavericks have done. And this started with Greg Popovich with the San Antonio Spurs. What if I said, in regards to my co-host, what if I said, for example, um, I'm going to sit Jamie out until uh, the important radio shows that we have at the end of the year. No, uh, uh, I'm J- going to, I'm going to, I thought you made like right now, I'm like, I'm here. It's just for some no, reason I'm not showing up on the well, camera. I'm going to, I'm going to, Jamie's voice is a little raspy, so we're going to rest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so forget about all the advertisers that pay and the listeners that listen because they want to hear what Jamie has to say. 
I'm going to, and we are going to all agree to sit Jamie out until some more important shows later on in the year. For rest. For rest. <laughs> That's exactly what the Dallas Mavericks have done. And uh, the NBA announced that the Mavs have been fined $750,000 for doing exactly that. Uh, conduct detrimental to the league in an elimination game against the Chicago Bulls on April 7th. Uh, they violated the league's player arresting policy and demonstrated through actions and public statements the organization's desire to lose the game in order to improve the chances of keeping its first round pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Boy, I wish I wish Mark Cuban gave me that uh, information before the game. I might have bet against them. Uh, the league did not find that the players who participated in the game were not playing to win, although I'm sure they probably knew what was going on. Um, what almost, you... They almost won that game, by the way. They almost did. Without playing five of their guys. But here's a problem. I have a couple problems. Number one, the big problem was it was the last game of the season, and it not only affected the playoffs, but it also affected that that pick is someone else's pick. And it was made in a trade for Porzingis. It's a Washington uh, Wizards pick. And if they, if they made the playoffs, they wouldn't get – if the pick was a top-10 pick – uh, they would get it. If it wasn't, they wouldn't. So they, lo- they lost and they got that pick, which is a, a pretty good pick. So that's what, that's what the whole scenario was. Here's the problem though. Every team in this league has been resting players all season right. for rest. Even, so it's so early in the season, you don't know what the impact is yet, but I'm telling you, those games did have impact. So now because the game has impact and the spotlight is on them, now, as a league, you're going to say, oh, we're going to fine you now because you're resting players. Teams have been doing it all year. What are you, what are you talking about? So, you know, I, I would have a problem if I was the Mavericks. I would go back and I'm telling you, Cuban, Mark Cuban will and record every rested player of every team in the league, all 82 games and say, why are these different than our game? So a guy that you played against, Mo, Detroit Piston legend Joe Dumars, who was an NBA executive vice president, uh, said, the Dallas Mavericks' decision to restrict key players from fully participating in an elimination game last Friday against Chicago undermined the integrity of our sport. Uh, the Mavericks' actions failed our fans and our league. Those are very strong words from uh, who is a, a Hall of Famer, right, and Joe Dumars. What do you make of that? Well, I think, um, you know, Joe is an old-school guy. He's with the, with the uh, bad boys of the Pistons, and, uh, you know, he, he's a really good, respected basketball mind, but... Uh, at the same time, I guarantee if we go back in the Pistons, I bet they rested players this year too. Just wasn't in this scenario. But like, not at this level though, right, Mo? What do you mean? Well, I mean, resting players, did it happen anywhere near as frequent back then as it Oh, does? no, no. I'm talking about now. Okay. I'm talking about now. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I misinterpreted about, what you no, said because this didn't really now. happen that much back no, when you played. No, okay. I, mis- you, you I misunderstood. I'm it, sorry. In, yep. the, in the old days, you couldn't do that. Right. So here's what you did. Oh, uh, Brian. Uh, your hamstring hurts tonight, so you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Or your back is sore, so you're not playing. Yeah, both are true, by the way. So yeah, but when they're not true, <laughs> then they put you on injured right. reserve, and you didn't play. Now they wipe that out. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if 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 the Mavericks really wanted to do this, and they were had a half a brain, they would have suited those guys up, started them, played them two minutes, sat them on a bench. Why didn't they do the that? Game. Because I don't think that was their uh, their idea. I mean, I. I mean, if that's what you're going to do, then you should do it. Isn't there a way? I so agree with you on that. You make such a good point. It it wouldn't be hard to start the guys and then play them two or three minutes or maybe even five or six minutes, sit them out the rest of the game, and they could use an excuse, yeah, I wasn't feeling it, I wasn't feeling good or whatever, and then you're not fined. Here's the other question. During the year, you you rest uh, uh, 
players mm-hmm. because they don't want to play back to back or they got another game coming or you're on a road trip. This was the last game of the year. What are you resting your players for? Right. <laughs> right. For the it summer just, league? It, I just really don't like where the NBA is going. And I'm going to be honest with you, Mo. And this is coming from someone, you know how big of a basketball fan I am and, and uh, love college basketball. I watched a lot of NBA regular season basketball until recently, the last several years. I, I find it very difficult to watch regular season NBA basketball these days, not because I don't love the NBA or I don't love basketball. Uh, number one, I don't feel like guys are playing as hard as they could be playing. That's number one. Now, some are. Some are. I'm not saying the whole league is like that. And this sort of stuff really pisses me off. The Zion Williamson stuff, uh, the John Morant stuff doesn't help. There are players like that. Uh, and then we, we're dealing with certain teams that are sitting guys. It, it just, it really pisses me off. And the prices aren't going down. Okay. They keep rising. I enjoy playoff basketball and I can't wait to watch the games this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Why? Because players for the most part are all engaged. They're playing to win. They're actually playing hard. Uh, you know, back in the day when you were playing, I, I, even when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, I, I never said to myself, yeah, I don't think they're going to play hard tonight. I don't think they're going to play defense today. I mean, for the most part, you guys played to win, whether it was a regular season game or playoffs. I know there's going to be more intensity in the playoffs. That's obvious. I, I mean, uh, you know, but at the same time, I see some of these regular season NBA games giving up 150 points to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, where's give me some intensity there. And I'm just speaking from a fan's perspective. It's hard for me to watch regular season NBA basketball. And I would take it uh, another step. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and we were talking about uh, back in the day, and that was I was in the same draft as Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and and I told them that I believe that they saved the NBA, their talent and their uh, their competition, along with the Celtics and Lakers, and uh, their credibility. Because back in the 70s, the NBA was playing on tape delay. No games were live, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the finals were on tape delay. People were disgruntled about players partying and, and not playing hard and, and all that stuff. And guess what? It seems like we're back there for different reasons. But, you know, where the league is teetering on fans like, like yourself, frustration. And uh, they do the no, new collective bargaining agreement. And they put a stipulation in there. You have to play 65 games to be considered for the MVP and all that stuff. And I told you this a month ago or more. I think they're leaning more towards pay, play to pay. So you're going to get paid. Your salary is 40 million and you're going to get divided by 82. And then if you don't play, you okay with that? I'm getting closer to that idea uh, because of what's happening. The problem is, the owners are letting this happen. If you're an owner of a team and you have players that want to rest or your coach says we should rest or your trainer says we should rest, you should say, wait a minute, you're, you're my employee, right? And you're okay to play. You should play. That's your job. And what other occupation can you just decide not to show up to work and do your job? Because, oh, I just don't feel like me. Well, it's interesting because we saw you in your cubicle. I'm making the comparison to Zion. We saw you in your cubicle. It looked like you were capable of doing the work. Oh, no, I am. I'm very capable of doing the work. Um, I can, I can give you your TPS report. That's a, that's a movie back in the day, Office Space. I can do all the reports you asked me to do. Oh, no, I, I can do my job. 
I'm just not me. I'm just not Brian. Oh, okay, no problem. Sit it out. Mm-hmm. In what other occupation could you do that? And still get a check. And still get a check. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Mo. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. Or, or even coaching. Oh, you know what? I can do the coaching responsibilities. I'm good. I can do it all. But, you know, I just don't feel like Mo, so I'm just mm-hmm. not going to show up to work today. Yeah, there might be a timeout where I don't feel like trying to play, so I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to coach right now. Uh, this is an embarrassment for Zion. It's not the team's fault. This is an embarrassment for him and his legacy, and I'm surprised it's not getting more attention. It's going to hurt him in the long run, and let's throw in that because he signed a long-term deal, right? Yeah. Like two or $300 million, I don't know what it Right, is. right. And part of that deal is he gets weighed and tested right. uh, to make sure he's in shape. There's a reason for that. It's because yeah. you're out of shape. Everybody. There's a reason. So I'm finally on the camera, and my mic is working. Glad to be here. He was, I thought you <laughs> were arrested today. He was. I uh, we were holding you out. We were. We were. Uh, we were sitting him out for a more important show, Mo. Right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, a show that yeah. I'm not on. Right. I exactly. Have a for you, Mo, because Mo, you know my job here is to hold everybody accountable and fact check. One thing you said in previous conversations. Wait, it the, is. I didn't know that. I'm. Yeah. I'm a little worried about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> what, what a comment you made in previous conversations that you know back in the day there's a lot of different things you can get away with, especially as it pertains to like what you tell the players and how you reprimand the players however you say nowadays it's kind of hard for you to say certain things because everything's everybody's really sensitive you can get fined and kicked out and and fired for everything you do nowadays however do you both not believe that you're being way too hard on these players when you're saying they need to play even though they're injured i mean it's funny no but what we were talking about with zion williamson is he's not injured i I know but i I, I want to take a step back though because a lot of people are on social media talking about what if they are injured like do you have the same opinions of course not of course well, not. Yeah. It depends. Sure? I've heard you say before. Well, I've heard you say before. Go ahead, Mo. Take two, that there's away. There's two different things. There's being injured and there's being hurt. Okay. At this point, everyone that's playing in this playoffs, are they're all hurt. Mm. Their shoulder hurts, their ankle hurts, their knee hurts, their head hurts, their nose okay. hurts, their fingers hurt. Okay. There's a difference between that and being injured. When you're injured, uh, you, you have a torn cartilage in your knee. You, you know, you, you shouldn't play and you're going to damage yourself. Mm. If you're hurt or mm-hmm. banged up, then you have, in my opinion, uh, uh, an obligation to play for your team and help your team win and get farther in the playoffs. And so you have to be injured, in your opinion, to stop. You can't just be hurt. You can't no. have a recovery period. Because no. being hurt leads to being to injuries, right? But, but depends. Not that's that's a difference. So, I mean, if, if my fingers hurt, right? It's not injured. It's not broken. Even if it's broken, I can tape it up yeah. and I can play. Yeah, and I you consider that to be safe. Sure, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen to my finger. That is the right? uh, or if I have a broken nose, I saw a guy uh, uh, in the tournament. Uh, I have a broken nose, right? I put a mask on. Mm-hmm. Now, if I get hit in the nose, it, it could, you know, hurt. But guess what? If I don't have a broken nose, I play. I get hit in the nose. I'm still gonna get hurt. So let me ask you this: You've been in the sports industry for a long time. You've played a lot of great games. But you, I've talked to you personally. You're saying that, you know, some of the injuries that you dealt with and the, the hurt situations you've been in have, are starting to catch up to you in your age. Do you not believe that there should have been times where you should just sat it out even though you could have still played? I wouldn't change a thing. You wouldn't change a thing at all? No. Even though you, you have the health I, I, that you have, you wouldn't change anything knowing that you could have just sat out, sat no, out the game. I mean, I played, I played injured in a playoff series, two playoff series against mm-hmm. the Bulls in Philly, where I had torn cartilage in my knee. They drained it, shot me up. Mm-hmm. And it was the playoffs, and we and we won. Even if we lost, I wouldn't change. That's who I am. I'm gonna. And the players in the locker room, my teammates, they, my coaches, they all knew I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been players I played with 
that you look at Brian. What I know your ankle hurts, but <laughs> so does mine. Why aren't you playing? Right. So you know, but you know, I, I'm 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 hurting uh, from stuff I played through, but also even just playing, you're gonna you right. know your hip and all that of stuff. Course. But right. but you know, is is there a point in my career where I could have said, you know what, I ain't playing. It's playoffs. I don't care. Would I feel a little better today physically? Yeah. Would I feel better mentally? No, because I think back and say, man, I could have helped my team beat the Celtics. But I you can you. look in the mirror, Mo. But I don't it, think a lot of players think that anymore. And like, But here, is it a bad thing to not want to hurt yourself and deal with those situations later in life? Sure. I mean, Larry Bird stopped playing because his, his doctor said, you can still play, but your back is so. If you continue to play, you're not going to be able to play with your grandkids. Mm. So he stopped playing. That's his yeah. choice. Mm. But it's everybody's choice. And you can't force. But there's a lot of people who look down on him for that, who say, you know, get out there and play. Help your team out. No, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. But you know, no one can make an, uh, an athlete play. No one. Know, I, athletes know their bodies more than anybody. And if an athlete says, "Listen, I'm not playing. I'm I'm injured. No coach. No general manager. Some might hint a little bit, but they can't make you play. It's your final decision. Yeah. And for yeah, it, go, it goes trainer, doctor, but the final decision is is you. And the the part about um, the way people are coaches, I'll put it this way. When I played, uh, it was a different era, of course. So a coach said, the way I was, run through that wall. Uh, okay. <laughs> there I go. I'm now, dude. if you want someone to run through the wall, you got to tell them why. Mm-hmm. Okay, run through that wall because on the other side, you know, you're going to get another sponsorship mm-hmm. or we're going to win a game or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of the difference now. Yeah. And my coaches and I, you need to know, I have 15 players. You need to know your players. Who can I who do I need to pat on the back and who do I need to kick in the ass? Mm-hmm. And if I do one for the other, it's not going to work. And I do one for the other. I mean, if you're on top of someone that can't take that, you're going to destroy them and mm-hmm. they're not going to help you. Or if you're on someone that's lazy and they react to get, getting more aggressive with them and you can help them, but you need to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Now that difference is you can't really do that anymore, you know, to that extent. You and there's- really, really have to be cognizant. And the way, I mean, there's not many coaches anymore. You know, we're going to meet, you know, Larry Stacy guys that are old yep. school. And, and I grew up with that, you know, of coaches screaming at you or trying to get your attention. Now, um, you know, it's more, uh, hey, let me tell, let me talk to you. Let me, and I made that switch halfway through my coaching career. Mm-hmm. And, and really I enjoyed that because my voice, <laughs> too much. Same and, voice. And I'm going to tell you, here's a, here's a technique I used to use. <clears throat> I learned it from somebody else. When I'm when I'm mad in the huddle, you know, and I call timeout, I get him in the huddle, and I'm looking, I look him right in the eye, I sit down, look him right in the eye, and then I'll start talking like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> and you know what they do? They listen. They start leaning in because they want to hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, we got to really. Get, and they start leaning in, and then it registers to them. If I'm gonna I scream at them. First of all, they'll probably go back like this, right. and I'm not getting my point across. For the record, though, I have heard McKeskey scream. That was Ooh, that was, was that was it scary. That was it, it was funny. It was yeah. funny. I enjoyed it because it when we watched the NCAA. Championship he does both. Game, he does both. When you guys when you were asking him yeah. like, "Hey, tell me tell me how you were coached today," and he was responding, I was like, "Please don't talk to me like that. Uh, I'd be scared." I love <laughs> it. You saw me early in my coaching career. Too. Yeah, I, 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 we got to take a break. But I saw Mo when I was 12 years old. He was coaching a team in Connecticut called the Hartford Hellcats. It yeah, was a baby. CBA basketball team 
And uh, to, to no fault of his own, uh, the owner was a complete buffoon mm. and uh, got a, a player that played for the Yukon Huskies and he had to get rid of a, a top talent. And anyway, they're having a rough game. They're down like 25 points and there's two guys sitting next to me and my dad and they were both wearing paper bags on their head. And uh, Paul was having a rough game and he wasn't having it and they were ragging on him the whole game and he just turned around. And uh, used a couple words that I can't say on the radio. <laughs> and uh, they just sat there with their paper bags. And then a minute later, they left. I was like, wow, I love this guy. Uh, with what you were saying earlier, you know, you can look in the mirror, Mo, with the, with the ailments that you have with your legs and your knees and your ankles. You can look in the mirror every day and say you gave it everything and more. And I think there's there, there's something to that. It's a level of respect from your peers and, and guys that, that they know that you gave it everything you had every single day. Uh, I will say this. Every day when I go to work. Both of my middle fingers are always injured because I, uh, I'm always flipping off magas. And, uh, but in I the still, car? Yeah, I'm always flipping off magas. Are, you, are they injured or, or hurt? Boop, boop, they're, boop. Well, they're just hurt. Uh, they're hurt. They're you not injured. Uh, but, you know, my middle fingers are always injured with these magas. But, you know, I, I, I still am a champion and I still show up to work every day. I just wanted to be clear on that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have something called the NBA playoffs that are going on right now. The 12-year NBA veteran Paul McKeskey is going to give his picks. I'm going to go through every single one of these series coming up next. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Oh, yeah. everybody are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of brooklyn that true blue new york style pie well worry no more stallone's italian eatery pizza is a knockout we're located at 467 east silverado ranch boulevard just off of premium road half a mile east of south point casino just minutes from the las vegas strip come by and grab a slice of pie plus check out our brooklyn inspired italian cuisine our sandwiches are super hero that is because why be a sub when you can be a hero Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food Vegas forget about it Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. 
If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. The Klondike Casino is a friendly local spot that features their signature restaurant, the Klondike Grill, serving up fresh food fast. Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner just off the 95 Freeway on Sunset Road in Henderson. You will find the Klondike Casino featuring all your favorite games from the Strip in the comfort of a neighborhood casino. You can place a bet at their full-service sports book or start your day with a breakfast plate that comes with your choice of potato and toast. Or check us out for lunch or dinner and try one of our many sandwiches like the popular beer-battered fish sandwich or the Philly cheesesteak. Check out the full menu at Klondike's sunset.com What's up everybody? Welcome back to Mission Limits. My name is Jamie D. He's perfect. I don't know. We hear some sort of echo. The echo. I don't know. Go ahead. Good. All right. Welcome back to Pushing Limits, guys. You're live on KSHP and live on all of our social media accounts at PTL Radio Show. That's P-T-L-R-A-D-I-O-S-H-O-W. Don't miss the behind the scenes and come comment with me live on YouTube. Here, we'll let you guys know about our friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. Listen, y'all, I may have a tickle here and I need to cheat, treat myself by going into their center guys they have walk-ins welcome no appointments you either. have been you have been itching your crotch a lot today. i have not been itching yeah. my crotch yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you dare I, I was talking about don't Mo. you I was, dare i was talking about Mo. <laughs> no, no, my throat's been itching because of allergies so i need to pay them a visit for real <laughs> i'm telling you everybody they have work in sports physicals wellness exams std treatments pre-op clearance car accidents work injuries tb tests and more you give them a call at 702-248-0554 that's 702-248-0554 let them know that we sent you again and no appointment needed all right so uh we got the uh the seven footer he was not scratching his crotch i was lying uh paul mckeskey joining us uh don't you go get crotch shots crotch shots you know testosterone you're thinking about some porn uh, movie or something Uh, dennis robin was probably scratching his crotch a lot during the season but anyway uh is that true mo you played against dennis i don't know what the hell you guys are talking about (laughs) anyway welcome back to the show i've lost control of this segment uh paul mckeskey joining us in studio 12-year nba veteran 20-year coach uh mo we have something called the nba playoffs before we get to the series and and what's going on this weekend what'd you make of the lakers and the uh, buzzer beater by mr schroeder that got it done yeah yeah i think um i have mixed feelings because um they beat the timberwolves right right and that's my guy chris finch he's the head coach he's a good coach with him yep yeah and uh, we've known each other forever and and quite frankly he's fighting for his job um he's done a great job but with the rudy gobert situation with throwing the punch and how does he do that Rudy Gobert he Uh, he punches anderson right in a timeout gobert has got he's just a jerk but I mean, and, and it's frustrating because I know uh, Minnesota had that game. They controlled that game, and they fell apart at the end. And the Lakers, who I think are going to make a run in the West, uh, you know, ha- had their victory, and, uh, you know, they get the, the seventh spot, so they get who they want. They get to play Memphis, who they can beat. And, and then they're going to play the winners of Sac Golden State, uh, which is a, a decent route to get to uh, the finals, which could be the Suns or Denver. So... The Lakers, they made trade right at the deadline. They got better role players. Anthony Davis is healthy. 
LeBron is is playing up to his par, and they have guys that can step up now. So it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of interesting series. And in the West, the wild, wild West, it's going to be like the NCAA March Madness where any team can beat any team. True. Even though it's harder in a seven-game series. Does Atlanta – go ahead. Uh, you got something? You so to going back to Minnesota, does that punch deserve a – uh, should the NBA get involved, or should that be team handled? That was team handled, and and they they did yeah. the suspension, and I think it was excessive at this point. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, if that happened in the huddle or practice, nothing would have been happening. Nothing, yeah. because it didn't connect. Number one, it wasn't like um, uh, what's his name in Golden State punch and pull. Yeah, that actually connected and was dangerous. Yeah. And in a practice, a locker room, uh, on an airplane, that wouldn't have been a suspension. And there could be now. I hear that. Gobert is hurting, something's hurting, and he might not play again, which, uh, you know, they gave, Minnesota gave a lot up to get Gobert, yeah. and it hasn't worked out like they planned. So, Well, Gobert had issues in Utah, and uh, obviously he's a, he's a big body who can't make free throws. He's a physical presence. He's a good defensive player. He's a good rebounder, and at times looks like a pretty good scorer at times but uh he's a problem he also makes 40 grand 40 million a year yeah way too much and going up probably deserves 40 grand a year but yeah 40 million a year (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about the east uh my celtics i say my celltics Uh, i'm proud of the way they've been playing i've been a celtics fan my whole life sorry mo uh but uh, i was one of the guys screaming at you expletives when i was 12 years (laughs) old when you were at the boston garden playing against larry bird uh celtics shouldn't have a problem with the atlanta hawks right the atlanta hawks aren't very good i i don't think so i mean trent Trey Young is a really good score, but Atlanta is not deep. Celtics are deep. They actually added to their roster. And I'm telling you, uh, Tatum and Brown uh, are two phenomenal players, not only scoring, but they both rebound and they both pass and have assists. Yeah. So you can't you can't leave one to focus on the other because they can both do damage. I, and, I think Atlanta wins uh, one game. Yeah, I can, just I can, one? I can see a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. You know. One game or zero. Okay, so here's an, a series that I find interesting, and maybe I'm the only person that's giving the New York Knicks a chance. But I think the Knicks are a live dog, and I think they can beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. What do you say about this series? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because the, the Knicks are going to play in the Garden. It's great to have the playoffs there. Spike Lee is going to be there. Yep. The Cavs are a very young, up-and-coming super team mm-hmm. with a great backcourt. But they're young. Uh, and they're not deep. Right. Right. So uh, the Knicks are really talented with uh, uh, Randall and uh, uh, that group, but they're not very deep either, but they're more mature. Correct. Correct. Uh, and the Cavs have the home court, uh, which will help a young team. But that's a toss up. Either you team, agree with me that oh, they're a live dog. Okay. I, I, I want to watch that series because yeah. it's youth and up-and-coming team against an established uh, veteran team with yep. an established coach. And that's too. why I'm saying the Knicks are a live dog. What you oh, just absolutely. mentioned is that they're veterans, even though I can't stand Dolan and I don't root yeah. for the Knicks. But well, uh, Here's a yeah. like uh, all the deals with the, with the Mavericks that we'll talk about. Uh, them letting uh, Brunson go yeah. as a free agent Stupid. was the – that was the biggest mistake, and here I'm going to tell you some history. That's the biggest mistake the Dallas Mavericks ever made next to letting Steve Kerr walk yep. as a free agent when I was there, mm-hmm. and I would have at least one or two championship rings on my finger. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Brunson is a warrior. He's, He's a good ball handler. He can create his own shot. He's a scorer. 
uh, and he creates for other people. I couldn't agree with you more. Let's, so you let that, you let him go, yep. so you can pick up Kyrie. Come on, man. Give me a break. <laughs> uh, let's try to get to some of the. We got about uh, ten minutes here left to go in this segment. Uh, Nets and the 76ers. This is a series that I could care less about. The 76ers should not have any problem with the Nets. Uh, the, uh, I don't even think that's even worth. The Nets. <laughs> are, the Nets have done a great job staying six after they traded their best players. All the Harden, right. Kyrie, and KD, they're all gone, and they held on to the sixth spot. Kudos to them, but that's a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. Either Philly's too good. They're and uh, give it to them, huh? <laughs> when we, they're just going to give it to them, huh? Well, they, don't have, they, don't have the, they don't have the horses. to. We talked them, so. about this a little bit with the Clippers and the Suns. Uh, I've told you, and I don't know, I'm going to stick by my guns. Uh, you know, I, I, I stuck with, uh, you know, UConn before they were even in the Sweet 16. I said, this is the team that's going to take it all. Uh, I'm sticking with my guns on the Phoenix Suns. They're playing the Clippers. Uh, don't know how, how many minutes Kawhi Leonard's going to play. Paul George is, is, is messed up. He's out. Uh, so he's done. Uh, if Paul George is healthy, if Kawhi Leonard is healthy, this is a very good series. Great series. I, I still think Phoenix wins, but I think it's a really good series. No chance. I don't think the Clippers have a chance. Phoenix Suns, uh, with loaded talent that they have, I think this is the year for Chris Paul. It's either this year or that's it. And, but that comes down to availability, too. I mean, they've been up this road a couple of years ago, and Chris Paul pulled his hamstring, and KD can go down. He hurt his ankle in a warm-up. Right. So, uh, but if they, stay, if they stay healthy, they might have the best starting five of any team in the league. So Agree. Agree. I, I wish that... Uh, uh, Clippers were healthy. I'd like to see that battle. It'd be seven games. Um, but, uh, yeah. and, and, but the Clippers are, uh, an enigma. Why, why are they in the fifth spot with that roster? Yeah. And if, I guess it becomes availability. Availability. Yeah. So we talked about the Knicks series, and I think that's a series I could easily see going seven games. Another series that I absolutely could see going seven is the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I could see this, ga- this going seven. Um, I'm not going to, I wouldn't bet against the Lakers here. Uh, you know, they're the Lakers. They have arguably the best player in the league. And of course, still LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, right? Healthy. Uh, as long as the Lakers are healthy and I love the, the, uh, roster additions that they've made in the last several months. Uh, this is a very intriguing series. I will tell, I'll give you one name of one player that dictates this whole series that nobody thinks about. Who's that? Steven Adams. Oh, he's Steven a beast. Adams he's a beast. He's a beast. Seven yeah. foot Aquaman center <laughs> that Aquaman. is physical. He looks just like Aquaman. <laughs> he really does, though. Yeah, he really he, does. And, he's a beast. <laughs> and he holds down and he gives that Memphis team toughness and physicality and he's out. He hurt his knee. So that gives the edge to the Lakers. If he was in, Aquaman was playing, I would think, I would take Memphis. <laughs> is he out for the whole series? Yes. He's oh, out for the season. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Well, he is, like I said, Angel like 329. He is, he is a beast. He is so good on both ends of the floor, particularly on defense and how physical he is. And you know, the battles he had with Draymond Green over the years. He would, he would have been perfect fit for the eighties with the bad boys or anybody. Horrible matchup for a guy like an Anthony Davis, who in my personal opinion, we all know how gifted he is offensively. He's a great player. He is soft. And, and when you mention Adams, he is the opposite of that. Bad matchup for Anthony Davis if they, uh, so I agree with you. I do think the Lakers win. I really do. I think, I think they get out of this first round. Uh, if I don't really call the playing game the first round, they get out of the first round here. I think, I think they win. I agree with you. Um, you know, they're, they're, I look at the playoffs as a whole and I, I look at the Warriors and they're always the Golden State Warriors, right? They're always going to be a team that's going to be one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. I got to tell you something though. The Sacramento Kings are pretty good. They're young. 
They're athletic and they don't, they're not going to be playing with pressure. Nobody expects them to beat Golden State Warriors. I think, uh, I'm not saying the Kings are going to win the series. All I'm saying is it wouldn't shock me. Here's what you do. No matter what in this series, no matter what, bet the over. Because it's going to be 150 to 160 because Sacramento and Golden State at this point don't well, play much Well, let's take a look at what the total is. And they take... can they can both score. It's a classic Sacramento young team against a Golden State veteran. And here I'll give you another name that people aren't thinking about that's going to dictate that series. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has been out for months. He's back in. I saw footage of him shooting, and he's going to be the difference maker. Mo, you're right, but that's probably why the total is 238.5 points. That's a lot of points. Over. All right. Uh, uh, all right. So the game is Saturday. So I'm going to take most. By the way, it's a pick 'em too, uh, which means oh, there's no spread. They're uh, playing in sack, right? Correct. That's who I take. So there are, there are a few playing games that we probably should talk about, huh? Let's do that. Um, two playing games. Uh, the Bulls are playing the Heat today in about three hours. Uh, the Heat are favored by five and a half points. Thoughts? Both those teams lost their last games. They, they they blew their last games. They had wins, and they blew it. So both of them are kind of limping in this thing. Where is it being played at? Miami. Miami? Yeah. Uh, uh, South Beach, pick Miami. <laughs> Miami's favored by five and a half, though. You're saying they, they beat the spread? Wait, wait. Do you want to charge for your pick? Yes, $5. <laughs> Not $5. <laughs> I thought we weren't doing sports hey, betting anymore. Hey, no, exactly. For Mo, that's a Mo a high roller on the slot machines. $5, <laughs> that's like one, one pull that's for like Mo. That's like no big deal. Yeah, video no, I mean. That, uh, Miami's another enigma like the Clippers with that mm-hmm. roster. They've struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Chicago has toughened up. So, uh, that's going to be a good game to watch. I agree. And that's, again, that's in so uh, the three win- hours. The winner of that game plays Denver. Correct. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, no. They no, play wait. the Bucks. They play the Bucks. Yeah. It can't be yeah. East versus West. No, it's the Bucks. So yeah. I would like to, I guess, uh, personally see the, uh, Bulls win. Uh, because then we got a, uh, yeah. Bulls, Bucks, like the old days. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The only way Heat plays Denver is if they're both in the NBA finals, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's I don't not, think, I don't, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> All right. So the other game that is, uh, interesting is the Thunder and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves are at home. That game is the second game today at 630. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? We all know what the Lakers did, uh, against Minnesota. What, what are your thoughts on, uh, this game? And I, I, I kind of sense that Minnesota is going to get it done. I don't know. It's shaky because of the situation with Gobert. Talent always doesn't win, uh, you know, situation and team makeup. But here's the surprise. And I would say any fans out there, look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are the youngest team in the NBA. They have players 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. They are really exciting. Uh, they have, uh, the guy's name is Gillis. He's a six, seven kid that I think he's 21. He's triple double guy. And they have all these young talent, and they have 15 first-round picks in the next four years. So they're a team to watch for the future. And I said this earlier, if they can uh, get in a series and get some experience, watch out for them next year. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you on that. A couple prop bets that I want to share with you. Uh, William Hill has uh, which conference will win the NBA championship, the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? The Western Conference is the dog at plus 120, Eastern Conference minus 140. What do you think? Is right. that about right? I, I think it's the Bucks, Boston, or uh, long shot Philly. I don't think Denver, Suns, if they're healthy, maybe that's about it. Mm-hmm. Golden State, maybe. But I, I think Bucks with the Bucks, 
and the Celtics, your Celtics, yep. and even Philly, you got you got the, the advantage right. on that. So this might surprise you a little bit. I do have some good news for you. Uh, you're a former Buck, and I know you you root for the Bucks. They are officially the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship at plus 275, meaning almost 3-1. to one. Right behind them, my Celtics. When I say my Celtics, I don't own a portion of the team. I wish sure? I did. You might. I, I wish I did. I'll have to talk to them about <laughs> you that. You can, right? Yeah. You can uh, buy stock. Just don't date anybody that works within the organization. Uh, plus 3 325. So the Celtics are the second favorite, believe it or not. The Suns are third. The Warriors are fourth, even ahead of the 76ers. The 76ers are plus 950. You could get a really good price on the I 76ers. Mean, Harden is leading the league in assists this year. Uh, and beat his MVP. They got a deep team. Maxie's a great player. Uh, they could pull it off. But my dream finals, let's write this down, is the Milwaukee Bucks against the Golden State Warriors. If that happens, you and me are going to the war to the Golden State. We're going to go to a game. Oh. We get tickets from Steve Kerr, and uh, I might we'll have to. I might have to hold game. you to that. <laughs> sure. I'll pay for the airline. How yeah, about that? We're going. I love it. Or a limo from here there because I don't like to fly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Oracle, man? Around that area, it's not a great area. Yeah, I mean, you know, I played in the old old arena. The old, they, old they, arena. Yeah, they moved now. Yeah. So I mean, we were. We were in Oakland, really. Yeah. I had a good trip there a few years ago. I went to see the Red Sox. Uh, not a big baseball guy, but I always pulled for Boston teams. I don't know why. I just hated New York teams. I hated the uh. Yankees. Used to go to Fenway Park, you know, so I went out to Oakland. And as you know, Oakland, uh, and we don't know if they're going to be there forever, but I watched them play the Red Sox and then uh, walking around Oracle. And then I, I went uh, I went to San Francisco. It's a nice area, but right outside of Oracle, as Mo knows, is not the best area in the world. There's a lot of gangs out there, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. not the best area in the world. Mo, what do you got going on this weekend? You have one. I think you have something going on on Sunday. First, I don't know. What is yeah, it? I don't know. First of all, I don't know if you can see this. Can you see that? Let's see, I can. No, I'll put it for you. What is yeah. What is he showing here? That's what is a that? That's a picture of me on the on the arena. Oh, wow. Before they moved out of the old arena, <laughs> and I was in, I was at the. At the is that front. a black and white picture? Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that. Wow. Was, that in front was, of Oracle. I had to make sure to get rid of the bottom part of your pictures. I don't know what else is in your album. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not not nothing, to start only fans, Coach Nothing Mo. you have to worry about. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite picture of Mo that I show everybody is when you're posting up against Larry Bird and you look like you're about eight feet taller than him. Where was that picture taken? Was, uh, well, how much hair did you have back then? A lot. <laughs> I, I had a fro, man. That, that was, uh, I was getting ready to uh, deal him in the post because he's too small. He I would have so done that tiny. little small thing. Too. You know what I love when there's like a... He's 6'10", There's the a big mismatch and you just hear the... Mouse in the house! Mouse in the house! God, I love that. And that, back when I played, that was... And we used you know, we took advantage of matchups like right, that. Right, but, right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to watch some NBA games, and I think there's somebody's birthday party somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On a Sunday. Do you know whose birthday party it is? I don't know. I was so Brian Slipock. Brian Slipock. I was there was another that's Brian. Right. There's a lot yeah, of Brian's I like in that guy. Vegas, but there's another Brian here. <laughs> I like that Birthday's guy. on Sunday. I was I told am... to DJ their party this Sunday. Yeah, Jamie's going to be the official DJ. Uh, the, the host and DJ. I will also. That's why he's resting, so he can prepare. Resting for I am resting. Right? Uh, I I have a few dates this weekend, so I'm not really resting that much. If you're not there, actually, take a step back. Y'all, it is Brian's birthday this Sunday. That's We're right, turning it is. up for him. And my the thank you. Brian Shapiro. My thank you to Al, our good friend Al at uh, Arizona Charlie's. They're giving me the uh, executive suite. Executive there. suite. Wait till, you, wait till you guys see this place. It's bigger, it's bigger than a lot of homes. It's it's crazy. Did they, did they change the TVs and put some good ones in there? We might have a small TV, which uh-huh. will be very disappointing. Uh-huh. 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 We're watching NBA. Y'all are not yeah, yeah, we are watching. We're definitely going to watch the Phoenix Al. game. Yeah, we'll, I'll bring my projector just in case. We need a big TV. Uh, I don't know how 
how big the TV will be in there. I can say that the right, living folks. room is big, but uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. Anyway, Mo, always a pleasure to see you, yes, my friend. You're you the both. best, and I look forward to having some fun and hanging out on Sunday with you guys and your and your beautiful wife and your son. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Absolutely. thank you so much for being here. Uh, All right. I'm single, so if you can just hook me up with somebody, Brian, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Chris Wynn's going to be there, so if that's your... I don't trust Chris. Absolutely not. If that's your type... Absolutely not. That is your type. If you like you short, hey, strong Chris has, romance. Chris has a great personality and he's a good dancer. If you okay. like walking sticks, well, if you, you like walking sticks, if you like short, Sailboat. stocky, blonde guys that went to Framingham State, he's totally your type who play Kate Mankino. Listen, I don't do seconds. You guys right. already had your chance. Fair Brian. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Mo, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure, my friend. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, my guy, Guy David, will be joining yes, us in guy. studio next. We have a lot to get to with him. The land down under segment, as I like to call it. A lot to get to with him. We'll take a quick break. Be back right after this. You're listening to Push the Limits right here at KSHP. Oh, yeah. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. You want to take your business to the next level? Then join one of the fastest growing talk shows, Pushing the Limits. 
We have a wide range of sales packages that can fit your budget. Anything from on-site live remotes to in-studio interviews, email Jamie. Jamie D at KSHP.com. That's J-A-I-M-E, capital D-E-E, at KSHP.com. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies, and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum. guys hear me because I can't hear myself. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pushing the Limits Live on KSHP. My name is Jamie D, and I want you all to make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. That's at PTL Radio Show. That's P-T-L-R-A-D-I-O-S-H-O-W. Let me tell you about our friends at Jackson's Bar and Grill. Y'all, I have an absolute blast every time I go. You want to know why? Because every single day, there's something new. On Mondays, it's called the Hot Seat. There's winners drawn at the following times, 1 to 3 a.m., 1 to 3 p.m., 5 to 7 a.m., 5 to 7 p.m., just so many different times. You can receive a $25 gift card and free play. Not gift card, but $25 in free play. And you also can come later in the day and win $100 in free play. Winners are drawn at 4 a.m., 4 p.m., 8 a.m., 8 p.m., 12 p.m., and 12 a.m. And even on Wednesdays, they have three times the points if you come in and play. Hey, go to Jackson's Bar and Grill. You're going to have a great time. That's I right. Promise. That's right. We love going to Jackson's, and the owner of Jackson's, Brian Slopak, uh, we're having a a dual birthday party. It's, it's his the birthday. Brian's B Day. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. All right, so it is Friday, and that means it is time for our land down under segment, as I like to call it, with uh, Guy David. Guy, uh, you're looking very bright today, very lavish looking and bright. Yeah, my bright pink shirt. Real, real men wear pink, right? That's no, yes. I woke oh. up a little late this morning, and you know when you have to find something to wear really quick, but yes. then you realize you yes. haven't done washing, and this is all you can Trust find? Trust me, that's every day for me. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm still a 12-year-old, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm probably about 10. Well, wash your clothes. You or so, your wife. <laughs> uh, um... I wash them half the time. We split yeah. time. Okay, okay. So, Guy, I want to start with this story. Uh, this man that's been arrested by the FBI in connection with a massive yeah. U.S. classified documents leak. It's amazing. We're talking about classified documents that doesn't have anything to do with the current or former president. Uh, but this guy ha- apparently <laughs> has leaked uh, some pretty classified documents charged in Boston today with unauthorized uh, retention and transmission of national defense information. Joe Biden did speak about this today and did say he was troubled by it, of course. This guy's only 21 years old, which is is wild. Uh, Massachusetts Air National Guard, believed to be the leader of the group where uh, a trove of classified documents had been posted online. Uh, Teixeira, Jack Teixeira, uh, worked as a low-ranking IT official in his role as a cyber transport systems journeyman. And court documents show he held a top-secret clearance back in 2021. The leaked documents included detailed intelligence assessments of allies and adversaries alike, including on the state of the war in Ukraine. So this is very, at least it sounds to me, to be very, very serious. What are your thoughts on this guy? Well, it should be serious. Do you know why things are classified documents? 
It's for our own safety. Mm-hmm. It is for the smartest people, the most qualified people to assess that we do not want going out so we can live our normal lives. Then you have some 21-year-old. I mean, he's had a good resume. He's just willy-dilly showing it to his friends. Like, what is he doing? Yeah. It, it is actually – people don't understand this. They think we're entitled to know everything. Right. It's for our personal safety yep. that this information – does not get out. So he absolutely should be arrested for this. Mm-hmm. This is this is very serious, and I wonder uh, in these classified documents, we might never find out, but uh, if it if it's a risk to the United States of America and to Ukraine and the war in Ukraine, uh, we'll probably never know the exact answer to that, but this guy's going to face jail time, right? There's no question. Uh, absolutely, and I think he should because people's yeah. lives are in danger. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing interviews and watching documentaries. Some of this stuff gets leaked. It can literally jeopardize people's lives. Now, there were actually were a few things that were told about these classified documents. Like there were briefing slides mapping out the Ukraine military positions. Uh, there was international support for Ukraine and other sensitive topics that were actually leaked. So there's a few things we do know that were in these reports that can be very detrimental to this war that we're in. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. It, it's completely ridiculous. And like, what is Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff like that doing? She supports him? Like what? Like her tweets are Listen. so idiotic. I actually yeah. found my palms sweaty yesterday <laughs> while I'm clenching my fists. Marjorie, she has no idea what's going on. Marjorie Taylor, she doesn't. And to answer your question, Marjorie Taylor Greene is also the same person that defends the insurrectionists on January sixth, and then she attacks teachers and she attacks uh, drag queens reading books to our kids. You'd yep. think that drag queens were murdering children, yet she never wants to talk about gun control or the real issues. She thinks that Jews are pointing space lasers at, and starting forest fires. Mm-hmm. She's a QAnon conspirator. She's never accomplished anything in her life. She is a despicable woman and human being. And uh, it's very sad that this is one of the key faces of the Republican Party. And quite frankly, it speaks to the volumes of where the Republican Party is at right now. If you're right fringe and you're a nut, uh, you're going to get votes. She now, has she has a security clearance. Like yeah. that, that is unbelievable yeah. to me. What happened to when everything has to be right or left? Like yeah. if a if a gunman kills someone. He's a murderer. But I read on Twitter, oh, he's left. He's a crazy leftist. It's because social yeah. media makes everyone feel like they're part of a reality show. The biggest thing that I dislike the most about social media is, like you said earlier, it makes everyone believe they're entitled to every piece of information. Marjorie Taylor Greene actually went on Twitter an hour ago and said that the American people deserve answers from the Biden administration on our military's involvement in the Ukraine because of the documents that have been leaked. Why do we need to know every little thing that's going on in the military? Some things, like you said, are for our protection. If we know things that are top secret, we could put our country in danger. And did, did you notice there was never a problem with Ukraine until Trump came out and said he had a problem with it because he ultimately likes Putin? Right. Like everyone thought it was the right thing to do because they're part of NATO and it's our democracy why? and it's civilization. Guy, but- why is it that there are so many people on the far right, the fringe right, like the Tucker Carlson's, that it seems like they're rooting for Russia to win. It seems like they are pro-Putin. I have never heard Donald Trump say anything negative about Vladimir Putin. Say what you want about Joe Biden. Joe Biden last year did call Vladimir Putin a war criminal because that's what he is. And then you have Donald Trump that stands side by side by Putin and takes Vladimir Putin's word over our own intelligence when it comes to interference in the election. What, what does Vladimir Putin have on Donald Trump and why is it that there are so many people on the far right that seem to be rooting for Russia to win this war. That Because Trump came out and said it. I hate to say this, but that is the power he has over people, that he can actually convince people that Russia is somehow our ally. It's yeah. the most dangerous nation 
in the world. And can I just say something about Tucker Carlson? Sure. He's a, he is a coward. Mm-hmm. He is a complete coward. We saw his text messages mm-hmm. that he doesn't like Donald Trump. Right. He actually showed some sort of almost intelligence in those text messages. He actually sort of knew what he was talking about mm-hmm. for a split second. He interviews Donald Trump a few days ago. Donald Trump absolutely walks all yeah. over him. It was the worst yeah. interview I've ever seen. Well, he's, he, he's, a, he's a white supremacist sympathizer. His own bosses say he can't be believed with what he says. He's only entertainment. The problem is you can, you, you can hurt people with the, with the rhetoric that he spews. And going back, by the way, to Marjorie Taylor Greene, some breaking news that I want to share with you. Liz Cheney has just called for Marjorie Taylor Greene's security clearance to be revoked after she defended Jack Teixeira, as we mentioned, the suspect. I called that five minutes ago. You did. Uh, so Cheney stated, quote, Marjorie Taylor Greene makes clear yet again that she cannot be trusted with America's national security information and should not have security clearance of any kind. Uh, I agree with uh, Liz 100%. What do you say? I absolutely agree with her. She should not have any sort of clearance. Again, it's top secret information. I'm just saying this again. If if this guy is right, if he's left, it doesn't matter. He broke the law. He has to be prosecuted under the law it's it's so easy i don't know why we politicize this it's same way. thing with the uh, you know, it. going and let's talk about the trump indictment because i haven't had really an opportunity to get yeah. into detail with you about this whether you think bragg did this for political reasons or not mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is if you don't break the law you're not going to most likely be convicted of a crime or maybe even charged here's the thing everybody should be held accountable and if trump didn't break the law then he won't be convicted in a court of law. He'll have a chance to defend himself. All these people that are up in arms and they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, when Hunter, there's no evidence that I've seen that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden broke the law. If there is, then where are the indictments? Where are they? It's not because everybody in the FBI and everybody in our justice system are liberals paid for by George Soros. That is a lie. If you break the law, you should be held accountable. Republicans want to call themselves, you know, you know, rule of law. We are for the rule of They're law. Not. Yet when it They're comes not. to a Republican that may have broken the law, all of a sudden, oh, it's all liberals and it's all Democrats. But then when it comes to Hunter Biden's laptop or any Democrat that might have broken the law, mm-hmm. you'll hear the first people talking about that Republicans. But when it comes to the orange turd, or as I like to call him, Cheeto <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> not Cheeto uh, Jesus. you know, when it comes to Cheeto Jesus, uh, they say, oh, no, this is it's brag. It's all political. And there's no way that Trump could have broken the law here. Well, say it is. Say, say it was a little bit political. Trump will get his day in court in front of a grand jury. Right. And they will ultimately make the decision based on the evidence, which is what we do mm-hmm. in a democracy. Yep. So it doesn't really matter if it's politically based or not. But it seems like Trump's liking it because he seems to have a boost in the polls yep. and he's now ahead of DeSantis well, in the polls. that's how sick these people are, guys. So who, who yep. cares? He, that, well, he's not, he doesn't care. That's yep. how ignorant and sick some of these Republicans are. For example, when Trump lied and said he won the election in a landslide and the Democrats cheated and he, and he begged for money, he got hundreds of millions of dollars from Republicans who are suckers. He didn't use hardly any of that money to fight this fake election integrity scheme or this fake electorate scheme. He put it in the back pocket of of his own. Uh, Same thing here. Oh, we're going to fight this. I'm a warrior. I'm a hero. You know, and and if he's this billionaire, then why is he always begging for money? He's raised more than six million dollars. Because he needs it. He's a liar. We actually don't know if he's a a billionaire. Right. Uh, uh, I truly believe it. Is Trump a billionaire? No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, let's take some phone calls. What do you say, guys? 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 
221-7283. This will be the only portion of the show today. We have a busy show. Uh, coming up next, Real Kid Poker, Daniel Negron, who's going to be joining us. But we'll take some phone calls now. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Edward. Why don't we do uh, Edward first? Hi, Edward. Thanks, what's up, Edward? Thanks for calling into the show. Hey, what's going on, Jamie? Hey, what's up, Brian? And what's your up? guest, I want to say hello to him as well. Yeah, God David in the house. Did he say hi? Hey, guys. It's blurry. Hey, man. How yeah, are you? Thanks for calling in. Hey, Mr. David. Hey, I'm just going to bring up two topics, and I think we all agree that this young man at 21, it's treason what he's done. Mm-hmm. It's treason, 100%. And, like, I agree with each and every one of y'all saying that this young man has put all of our lives in danger if he doesn't understand the gravity of the situation. But by leaking out secrets, he has hurt so many people, and it could have been way 10 times bigger, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with exactly you. Exactly right. This is very, very it, serious. It, he just uh, messed up his life. He's I don't, 21 years old. I don't have a problem with yeah. using this person as an example. This cannot mm-hmm. be tolerated. It puts a lot of people's lives at risk, I am sure. And there are some yeah. people on right-wing echo chamber radio today saying, oh, I think they used this guy as a fall guy, as a scapegoat. Without yeah, no, no, any no. of the evidence, what we know is that he has been charged. Yeah. He has been arrested. And we hope he's held to account. And he was obviously... Another- you go, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. He was obviously an impressive guy at yeah. one stage, and it's very hard mm-hmm. to get these clearances. So he, he passed yeah. all the appropriate screenings and tests, mm-hmm. but now he's just sort of showing it off to friends and posting it on yep. sites. Yeah. He was it, putting it on Discord. It, it, it's so egregious. I don't pe- think people quite understand. Yep. It really, it really mm-hmm. is. Uh, yep. And when I think of him, I think of like the Rosenbergs, like how we're both electrocuted in the electrocare in uh, New York for a treason as well. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do. The, we're going to wait and see how this thing oh. plays out, Edward. But one thing I am happy to talk about yeah. is the fact that that guy was in handcuffs and he's probably in yeah. a jail cell oh, yeah. right now. And Listen, they're going to make, a, gonna make yeah, an example out of him. They're, they're going to yeah. because this is mm-hmm. now in the public eye where it's mm-hmm. showing that somebody who was supposed to be trusted in the military went behind the military's mm-hmm. back and got yeah. classified documents. They're going to totally yeah. make an example out of this man. Thank you, Edward, for the phone call. Good to hear from you. I Thanks, hope you have Edward. A, hope you have a great weekend. 702-221-7283. Again, 702-221-7283. Let's go to Hayes. Hayes is next up. Hello, Hayes. What's up, Hayes? Hey, uh, hello. My name is Hayes. I'm from Minnesota. Can you hear me? Can yes, hear sir. You. Loud and clear. Go right ahead. Hey, I've been, I just want to say uh, I'm a first-time caller, but I have been following you guys for the last two, three months. And today... I got on TikTok and I saw you guys live with the number and I couldn't help myself and call. Nice. Well, thanks. We well, appreciate it. Well, we're happy you called in. Hey, Hayes, what's on your mind? We appreciate it. Hey, while I, while we're at it, what time do you guys usually do the show uh, around this time so I can get a better idea so I could watch it as well? Um, so on Monday, we're on at 9 a.m. On Tuesday, we're on at 11 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday, we're on at noon. On Thursday, we do a show uh, at... Uh, 2 a.m. Brian. And Friday we're off. No, I'm just kidding, my man. I'm just kidding. I I joke, sir. Uh, We're on noon. I was like, Brian, don't do that. We're on. I'm sorry. I I joke. Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m., Hayes. PST. Okay. Yeah. Pacific Standard Time, and we're glad that you found us. Okay, my man? Do you have any comments? Hey, good, man. Yes, yes, yes. Look, so... I'm a Democrat, and you know what? I used to be a Republican, and then I went to college, and I began to read all these books, and and I realized, you know, just how much injustice Republican Party 
commit. Okay. Agree. So I agree. I, 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 I went to a school with sixty percent. Uh, sorry, about forty. 40 or 50% Mexicans, uh, and I love those people. But, you know, I, the more I go on, the more I realize they're voting Republican, almost most of them. And, you know, I'm always having a serious conversation with them. These people are oppressing you guys. You guys are the laughing stock of Fox News daily yep. of what's happening in this country. And, 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 and yet you continue to support these guys. Um, Jeez, I'm with you, my man. And, uh, I'm, and, I'm with and, you 100. percent By the way, uh, I only wish my yeah. voice was as calm as yours. It's very, it's very <laughs> soothing. It is soothing. Right? Has anyone ever told you that before, Hayes? Like you sound like you should be like a jazz singer right? or something. Yeah. I, I've been told I sound like a motivational speaker. You should be. Job interviewer. Uh, you should motivate me on how to be calm when I argue with these idiot MAGAs. Right. Yeah. Hayes, I feel like I'm in a therapy yeah. session. Well, Hayes, <laughs> you need him. Yeah, I do. Hayes, I want you to call back anytime, my friend. Yes, I, I appreciate you finding the show, and uh, you, you feel free to call Are you guys on Twitter? Friend. Are you guys on Twitter? Yeah, so I can follow Twitter, that as Instagram, well. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at PTL yeah. Radio Show. Well, what's the Twitter name? Yep, it's Please. PTL Radio Show. That's oh, one second. One second. Let Uh-oh. me just go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Write it down. Okay. You got to get, get your notepad right. out. Yeah, it's P. Oh, hold on, hold on. A P? Okay, go now. Yeah, P T L. Wow. R A D I O S H O W. If anybody, if anybody's interested, I will also give you my grocery list this weekend. Hey, I'll keep my my, uh, phone bill. If you want, Hayes, I do appreciate you finding us, my uh, brother. Thank you so much. Okay, all right, thank you. Have a great weekend. Take care, man. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. Again, that number seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three is the number to call. We got Guy David in studio. Yes, we are on all social media platforms. Um, what do you make of this crazy news cycle, Guy, of the president being indicted in New York City, the fact that he is probably facing more serious crimes, uh, allegedly, down the road? But what do you make of just what has taken place in the last few weeks? It shows um, – you don't want me to hit – you don't want me to say this, but it shows his power amongst the Republican Party and the MAGA people still. That's, that's what it's showing to me. He's got indicted, and it seems like – his poll numbers have gone through the roof. Seems like the Republican congressmen are more terrified of him than ever and will do anything to back him, including throwing out the window all the principles they learnt while growing up to get into college and get mm-hmm. elected. And it has become the Donald Trump show again. Yeah, and I think he's sitting show. there enjoying this. I think DeSantis is hating every second of this and won't even run. And I think it's going to be ultimately a Joe Biden, Donald Trump, 2024 election i don't think bragg should have actually indicted him for this i think they should have focused personally on the classified documents that was the most egregious thing to me he was showing them around mar-a-lago to his friends to his peers they were on the floor they were classified documents yeah why aren't we focusing on that or the january 6th right and by the way, there are some people that are saying the Democrats are terrified of Donald Trump. I couldn't ag- disagree with you more. First of all, Trump lost the popular vote in 2016 to Hillary Clinton. He lost the popular vote to Joe Biden, who I don't think was a wonderful candidate right. in 2020. Let me repeat this. Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden. There are no Democrats out there that are fearful of Donald right. Trump. In fact, to the contrary. He lost th- easy. Exactly. I think there are a lot of Democrats out there that are fearful, fearful of Ron DeSantis. So that is an incorrect statement. Let me ask you this. We had somebody guy in studio yesterday. Her name right. is Rhonda Kennedy, a Republican, black female, 
who was running for state senator here in Nevada. I asked her about gun control, and oh, somehow listen. in ten seconds it turned into a uh, about. By the way, Hunter she said Biden. she said Hunter Biden is a felon. By the way, which is not true. He has never been charged or convicted of a felony. That is a lie. Now, if you think he committed a felon, uh, you know, a, a felony, then then you could think that. But he is not a convicted felon, so she's wrong on that. And I knew she was. She brings up Hunter Biden when I talk about gun control. And I said to myself while she was saying that, my head was spinning, and I'm like, welcome to the Republican Party today. By the way, she doesn't <laughs> want to be called a Republican. She wants to be called a mother, which I don't understand. Oh, you can be a mother and a Republican uh, but, but, at the I'm same talk, time. I'm talking about that. She kept saying, stop calling her a Republican. But then yeah. at one point, she was like, and you just got schooled yeah. by a Republican. Yeah, yeah. Pick a side. She was all over the place. But anyway, it speaks to, to me where the Republican Party is at right now when it comes to gun control. Let's talk about the shiny object in the room, the trans shooter. Let's talk about everything else but what we can do to prevent these actual mass shootings from happening. What are your thoughts? That They've got nothing left, so they deflect. It's classic deflect- deflection, and some people, I don't think many, are still buying it. Because I go on Twitter, I read everything from these politicians. Some saying we need more God in school, more church people. That it, It's everything. The bottom line is, I just ask someone this, just ask someone this. Why does someone, a civilian, need an AR-15? At all. Why? They don't. Unless what is the purpose of it? Some don't will, deflect me. Yeah, don't, right. go, don't go here, there. Well, guy, I'll Answer tell that you. question. I've had phone calls this week. People are mentally ill. They think, well, we need it for the militia to fight against the government. Are, are you sick? What is wrong with you? I mean, they're, the AR-15-style weapons, or any assault weapon for that matter, were built for one reason and one reason only, not to defend yourself, to kill as many people as possible yep. in a short period of time. But you know what? Ted Cruz will say we need to harden our schools, and even though we don't trust our teachers because they're indoctrinating our kids, let's give them AR-15s. Let's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my life. They'll actually think a solution is locking doors in schools when someone has an AR-15 in their hand and they want to kill innocent kids. These Some of these Republicans are, are, are just ridiculous. He doesn't care about human life. He cares about his nope. pockets yep, his and his career. Game. That's Agreed. all he cares. I'm going to tell you something in Australia. When I went back to Australia in November, and I'm more American now than I am Australian. I've lived here the last 18 years. Someone looked me in the eye and actually said this. They're like, so many people in America die from gun violence, and there is so many mass shootings. Can you actually walk down the street anymore? And I yeah. know that was hyperbole and a huge exaggeration, yeah. but he, he actually looked me in the eye and said that, and he's like, that's what too. the rest of the world is thinking. Yep. Right. Have we actually lost respect for human life? Yeah. Children's uh, I think life. we're a joke. I mean, if you look at also what's happening in the, in the schools right now, teachers are literally having whiteboards that turn into a gun shelter. And people are praising it. That's not mm. something to praise. I'm going to say no. this right now. This has happened happy about in that. so many countries. They have banned assault weapons or banned guns. And I'm yeah. not asking that, just assault weapons. Mm. It works because these people can't get their hands on them. You're it right. works. There's nothing else. You're right. And, Guy, to answer your question, um, with some Republicans, not all, they care more about an A-plus rating from the NRA mm-hmm. than actually saving lives. It's That's, so selfish. They, they don't would, care about lives. They, they, so they, selfish. They, they care more about an A-plus rating. They Guy, don't care what happens to them. It, it's, it, it, and it's not getting any better. It's only getting worse. I've had to report on a number of uh, mass shootings this week, including uh, the bank shooting in Louisville, Kentucky, where right. somebody legally bought... Uh, again, an AR-15 type weapon. It's it's it's, oh, it's but not he, getting he any was, better. Lee was left, and he uses pronouns. Well, yeah, well, yeah. That, that, who what, cares? Uh, who, who what, cares? What's that got to do with anything? Exactly, what? exactly. <laughs> and, and, 
and the fact that uh, Republicans want to uh, continue to talk about how the shooter in Tennessee was trans had absolutely nothing to do with the uh, shooting. This which, was somebody uh, who was seeking mental health yep. and should not have been allowed to legally purchase exactly. a gun. Exactly. People it is, are dying. It's terrible. Guy, I appreciate you coming Thank on you, as guy. always. I like the shirt, my friend. And I, better, <laughs> and I better see you at my birthday party on Sunday. Wouldn't miss it for the world. All right. Guy, David, you are the best. Look forward to catching up with you uh, this weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thank you so Love much for being here. All right. We're going to take a we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, he is the biggest or, or arguably the biggest name in poker. And he has been for decades. It's been a little while since I caught up with my friend, uh, Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu. There are some poker controversies to get to with him that I want to talk about. And uh, we're also going to get into VGK hockey. The playoff picture is here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we know that Daniel is a, a big hockey fan and a very knowledgeable fan. So a lot to get to with Danny Negreanu. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this with Daniel. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your healthcare needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Welcome to Hash House A Go-Go, where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House A Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing, and there's nothing else like it. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. It's incredible. The World Series of Poker is like right around the corner. I feel feel like it was like just the other day that I was talking about like the World Series of Poker. And uh, here we go, right around the corner, the WSOP, where we'll be giving away. Well, I won't be giving it away, but uh, many... 
bracelets. And uh, what better person to talk some poker, talk some BJK hockey, and uh, plenty of other stuff is a real kid poker himself. Of course, I'm talking about Danny Negrano joining us right now on the line. Thank you. Danny, well, it's good to see you again, my friend. How you doing? What's up, sir? Good, Jim. I got to know, is that is that theme song you have leading? Is that just for me? Because it's my favorite song in the whole it world. Absolutely yep. for you. Our producer, right? No that was Chuck? just for you. Absolutely. Trust me. Absolutely. Just for you, Danny, because you're special. Respect. <laughs> got to bring you in yeah. right, Daniel. That's right. Uh, Daniel, always good to have you. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as I always do, we start with a few poker questions and then we move on to some other things. What are your thoughts? I never asked you about this. Uh, Garrett Adelstein, uh, not welcome back at Hustler Casino, at least for the time being. What are your thoughts on that? Well, here's the deal, right? So Garrett accused Robbie of cheating. Okay. It was very public. He took money from her when she gave it to him, et cetera, et cetera. Several months have gone by. She's won awards at the poker awards show. She's been pretty much accepted in the poker community. And Garrett has failed to do one thing. Show us any proof, right? So for him to continue to stand where he is, which is I'm not giving the money back. I'm convinced that she cheated, but I also don't have proof. Um, feels problematic. And if you know if you're hustler live, you you could. I here's the thing. He's not. He's allowed to play. Like if he wanted to play, and they want because their number one focus is eyeballs, right? So having him back on with Robbie or who knows what, you know, that would certainly you know be good for the stream. So I don't. I don't think he's banned, if you will. Do you, what, what do you think this means as far as Garrett Adelstein's reputation? I mean, obviously, many in the poker world consider him one of the better cash game players in the world. I would imagine you, you would agree with that. But what, what does this do for his legacy moving forward? Are people just going to get over this? Or do they take the approach of, you know, dude, you shouldn't have accused her of something with no evidence to back it up. It just makes you look really bad. Well, I, it's, not, it's tarnished because it's not, it's tarnished not only because of like the accusation originally. But I think the months and months later of continuing to double and triple and quadruple down, like he sort of tweeted at one point something about like, no more Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. PC. I'm going to be like, you know, who I heal or whatever he wants to choose to be. Like it's a wrestling analogy or whatnot. But uh, I mean, a lot of his success came from playing in games with non-professionals, right? Mm -hmm. So he's a smart professional. He doesn't want to play with other pros. He's not interested in any of that. He wants to play in weak games and soft games. So in order to do that, the streams are probably his number one you know, source of that. So I, would, I think he's going to find his way back in the games. People who support him will continue to support him, and people who think he handled it poorly will continue to. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Moving forward, what do you make of this three-way bitter battle? I guess that's what some people in the poker world are calling it. Uh, when it comes to Doug Polk and Nick Airball and now Matt Berkey, a lot of people have had opinions on this back and forth, and anybody who follows poker and is on social media knows exactly what I'm talking about. What are your thoughts on this? All right, so I don't know. I think it's a combination of the both, but I don't know if it's the fact that I'm 48 years old now or the just simple fact that it's gone like, grade level high school, you know, but I can't fall. I can't keep up with all this. It's, it seems so juvenile across the board in terms of the way the whole beef goes. And again, that could just be me being, you know, old guy yelling to the clouds, but it feels really silly. It's like heads up for rolls, whip it out kind of stuff and whatnot. And I don't know, people are, you know, I don't get involved in it. Like I've actually found that my quality of life is better when I don't get involved in these extensive Twitter beefs and back and forth. It's like, it's a, it's a time suck. You know, and when you get into one, you know, you don't realize I notice this when I walk, I walk on the treadmill sometimes and I'll watch a show. I'll do different. Things. Sometimes I'm on Twitter when I'm on Twitter. I'm like, holy smokes, that was an hour. 
You know? Yeah. I was, I'm like, I'm just walking it. Like I didn't, it's, it's probably, if you do want to do more cardio, go on Twitter and get into beefs because the time will fly by. Trust me, Daniel, if anybody knows what you're talking about is me, I waste my time uh, arguing with magas on social media all day. And you're absolutely right. It is a waste of time and a better quality of life if you're not doing it. There's a wall right behind you. You could just bang your head against it repeatedly or, you know, do what you do. But right. up to you. you're probably right about that, Daniel. Uh, you know, something you put on Twitter, which we've talked about before, and I've been talking about this for years about do poker players need to be entertaining at the poker table? We know yeah. you are and Phil Helmuth and the Mike Mattisells of the world and the Tony G's. I grew up with all you guys. If I'm going to watch poker on TV, this is just me. I want to know that there's some personalities at the table, but I don't think it's a prerequisite and you have to be entertaining. There are some poker players that are very reserved and very quiet. And by the way, a lot of the times when you talk at the table, I'm not sure it's always because you just want to be entertaining. I think you're trying to get information and mm-hmm. you're trying to talk because you're extremely intelligent and you're great at what you do. And I think Phil Helmuth does that a lot too. And a lot of the better poker players that talk, I think they do it for a reason and it's not to be entertaining. It's to get information. Do you agree with that? Not really. I mean, I do it a little bit, but I think I'm just, it's just me being me, but the conversation is sort of like twofold. In one sense, you know, the question is this, if I'm playing high stakes tournament poker against the best players in the world and I'm not getting paid to do it, why in the hell do I have any incentive to put on a show, put on a, you know, and dance for you? I don't. Right, it's my money. I'm playing for a lot of it. I don't begrudge those people at all. <laughs> Take your time. Do the, it's your money, right? Now, the secondary aspect is if you want to be invited on TV shows or streams and be part of like something that's going to bring in eyeballs, well, now it's sort of you're sort of beholden to the idea that like you're going to be asked to be on here because you're entertaining. So if you are one of those tournament players who crushes and dominates in your field, great. But and, and you know, and you don't do anything entertaining, but like also understand that those games are not for you. Like those streams and those things, just that's not going to, you're not going to get invites. So you, you can't both, you know, be who you be doing that and also sulk and complain about mm-hmm. why don't I get invited? You don't get invited because you're boring. You know, that's all. <laughs> and not because you're boring. Wrong you nothing wrong with you being boring. Right. But ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no, I, that makes sense. But I, I would imagine, though, I know this is who you are, Daniel. You're a friendly guy, whether it be with your fans or people at the table. That's just who you are. And I think everybody would appreciate that. But I, I would imagine there are also are other times at the table where you're talking to somebody, even if you're not in a hand, to get information. I mean, are there mm-hmm. times in your career where you do that as well, right? Oh, of course. There's no question. I do it and some others do it. Um, but for me, it's just me being myself and a byproduct of that is I gain information. I'm not like calculated in the way where I'm really scheming and conniving and like, right. oh, I'm going to get this guy. I'm just being me. Right. And part of that gets people a little looser, yeah. more comfortable. And then, you know, they share more. And as a result of that, I gain information. I see other guys who just go straight forward. Like they want to know your hand and they'll try all these tricks to get you to tell them what they have. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine there are not many times in your poker career where you gave up information from talking. I will bring up one hand and I'm pretty sure you remember this one. High stakes poker. Years ago, Antonio Esfandiari has pocket jacks, and I believe he made a call against you, and I think you remember this hand, and you even admitted moments afterwards that, oh, I think I gave up too much information because you kind of were talking to him in the middle of the hand. I would imagine that hasn't happened too often in your career. It happens a lot with a lot of other players, and that uh, do you agree with me that that, that that happened in that situation, but probably not a lot in your career? So that's interesting. This is the thing. When you talk, when you're in hands, you play by the sword, you die by the sword sometimes. Mm. It happened again at the U.S. Poker Open. I had this guy, Martin Zamani. I put him, I, I made a big bet on the river and I was bluffing. He took about two minutes and looked at me and said, you got to give me something. I said, what do you have? Like ace queen, which I could not beat, right? It was aces and queens. I couldn't beat it. 
And he looked at me and said, historically, when you tell people what they have, that means you can't beat it. I call. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. He watches way too much TV, right? So that's the thing is like anytime I've sort of said or did things, people can pick up on those patterns. And he's definitely right about that. I, there's lots of videos out there of me saying to a guy, you got aces or kings, don't you? I can't beat it, right? So right. now I'm going to have to use that you know, in a different way. Generally, with the advice you give to novice amateurs or even professionals, generally is you probably shouldn't say anything. You should just be there as a statue and be consistent. I know there are some situations where if you have a monster hand and you're trying to get somebody to call, you might say something to try to induce them to call. I get that. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, Daniel, what, what advice would you give to people? Just shut up and just sit there? Well, it depends on this, right? Do you want to get engaged in the psychological warfare against the top pros? If so, go for it. Give it a try. Put it on. Try it on. But if you're not interested in that and you don't think you have an advantage, then just don't say anything. Right. Just, you know, try to focus on a poker stance, stare at a card. When I was young and I first started in my early 20s, what I would do is when I bet and the guy was thinking, I would look at the middle card on the flop and say it was a six of clubs. And I would just stare at the card, you know, and not move and just look at the card. So whatever it is for you that works, try it. But again, understand that if you go down that road, you open up a lot more leveling wars and, and difficulty in terms of like figuring out the best ways to approach it. Right, Daniel. So your whole entire life is poker. You are, again, real kid poker. Do you ever get burnt out playing poker? You know, what do you do to get away from poker? Well, see, that's the good news about the life that I lead. Is like I play hard. You know, U.S. Mm -hmm. Poker Open was two weeks. And now what? For two months, I'll be working out every day, mm -hmm. playing some golf, you know, watching the hockey games, doing that. I'm not going to play any poker. I'm going to study a little bit okay. here and there to get sharp. But I always take breaks. But when I do go – and then once – uh, May 30th starts seven weeks every day, 12 to 14 hours. And I'd okay. be vlogging it on my YouTube channel each day, like a sort of mini TV show. Okay. Same as plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> will so, anybody, will anybody be accusing you of attacking women? If you throw anything against oh. uh, a wall or something, <laughs> if you lose in a bad beat, will, will, will Justin be doing that? <laughs> uh, it, who knows? But it's funny. My favorite tweet I've ever made was just the other day. Mm. And Justin Bonmo tweeted, and it was pretty obvious he was targeting me with a tweet where he said something like, there is not one single human being who is plus EV in tough, super high roller bowls. It's not 2005. You can't be loosey-goosey chatting at the table. Right. I said, okay. So what I did was I just posted a picture <laughs> of me with the super, bowl, super high roller bowl ring on the cover of the magazine going here. Eat some of that. But that's it. The I mic drop moment. I love it. Like when you when you when you sit next to a player like that who clearly you have some personal issues with and understandably so, how do you not let that affect your play? Obviously you're the utmost professional and I, and that goes to anybody. If you don't personally like somebody, you can't let it affect the way you play. How do you mm -hmm. how do you control that? Well, I just ignore them, but I, I want to say this because this is for a lot of people in poker, you know, so Alex Foxen was like really, he's a great poker player, one of the best. He was very prominently skeptical of, you know, the vaccine. He was, you know, whatever you want to call him, an anti-vaxxer, whatever you want to say, right? Right, right. And he received a lot of flack throughout, you know, a lot of the stuff he said ended up being true or whatever the case may be. But he sat with some people that have said some horrifying things about him. Like he doesn't belong in society because he's not vaxxed. This is even after we already knew that it doesn't stop transmission. Right. And it was really horrible. But watching him, He's a big man already. He's like 6'4", 260 right. pounds. Right. Watch him converse with these people at the table, respectfully and civilly. He's the bigger man in more ways than one. Like, they literally just said he shouldn't exist in society. Which is, 
Well, that's you know what I mean? that's absurd. I mean, we can all disagree on right. things and 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 have respectful conversations. Even though I would probably disagree with him on his stance on vaccines, right. but it doesn't mean but that you'd he doesn't. You'd be surprised that, like, again, I I do I don't agree with him on a lot of the, what he said, but mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff he said at the time, we know it's been a couple of years, ended up being accurate and mm-hmm. being true. Right. You know. Being, right. So so you know you have to and he, and he did, and you have to look at his motivation, right? For a lot of the people, it actually him and others made me had a more soft spot for that sort of whole debate in that like those people were doing what they thought was in there was right. Right. So when you have two groups of people on one side or the other, and they both are really genuinely doing what they think is best for humanity, you can disagree, but you should be civil and respectful. And so like, well, why do you think that? Right. And uh, he would always, you know, back up his points with reasonings and things like that. And again, I don't agree with him on a lot of the stuff he said, but mm-hmm. some of the stuff ended up being correct. Yes. All right. So Daniel, let me just try to move the topic along here. Cause I want to know, you were talking about how your life is poker, but you try to maintain the human life that you have and you do all these fun things. Let me know though, how do you prepare for the world series of poker? That's a lot at stake. Well, yeah. So th- I literally tweeted out my plan, which is working. I'm, I'm, I, I like to get in shape before the world series. Mm-hmm. So for me being in shape is 155 pounds and before, because before you- when the world series of poker starts, uh-huh. I'm gonna put on 10 pounds of fat. Mm. Like it just is. Okay. Because when it's two in the morning, I don't want a broccoli salad. Right. I want <laughs> chocolate covered nachos with popcorn and you know everything. I, listen, right? I agree. Same. <laughs> yeah. So it's just and it's a thing. There's studies that show that when you're highly stressed and not sleeping a lot, you crave mm. sugars and carbs and you eat more often. So mm. I just embrace it and I give my body what it needs. Mm. So it's important for me to get in shape there. Mentally, I'm doing a lot of sort of mindfulness work. And I'm also I have a plan of, like I said, studying the game tape like at least one to two hours a day and trying mm-hmm. to see what I can pick up. But I'm so excited. It's like less than two months away. And I wish it was tomorrow. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't yeah. Well, you've been, uh, like that. you've been playing pretty well lately. That's for sure. Uh, if you're just joining us, real kid poker himself, Danny Negreanu, uh, talking a little bit of some poker world series of poker. So on let's switch topics now, because one of my favorite people, not just to talk poker about, of course, but to talk NHL hockey is real kid poker, Danny Negreanu. Yeah. Let's talk about VGK. Uh, Daniel, I think you and I agreed midway through the season that it, uh, it didn't look very good. It looked kind of bleak for the Vegas Golden Knights, and we didn't know where they would be at right now, but we didn't probably think they were going to be at in winning their division. And I know you tweeted that out, and you gave them the accolades that they deserve. What do you make of what the VGK and what Cassidy has been able to accomplish and where they're at right now? All fake news. I said from day one that they were going to win the division. At the All-Star break, I said with the four-string goalie, no Mark Stone, they're going to win the division, the whole conference. The whole deal. No, obviously, um, it shocked me. I mean, like, why wouldn't it, right? When you think about where the team was at the All-Star break, they were reeling going into it. You know, Mark Stone out for the season. You're playing with your fourth-string goalie, right? Laner out for the year. You know, uh, LT out, Aiden Hill out. Now you're depending on Boisson. You pick up Quick, who's been the worst goalie the last five years. So it, Obviously, it looked really, really bleak. But I will say this. The players showed a lot of heart, and they really clearly have bought into what Bruce Cassidy is selling, right? So every coach has a lot of shelf life, you know, in terms of how long, you know, people buy into his stuff. And right now, the team clearly is buying into his stuff. And I love Gerard Gallant. He was my, you know, favorite coach on the team. But I really think Bruce is, like, maybe the best tactician we've ever had. Like, his system works. Like, he's making Boisson. People are like, how great is he? I'm like, guys. Guys, we could put Shapiro in net there. <laughs> and he puts like an 885, 890. Like the thing is, is they're really protecting the front of the net. You know, it leads to some different sort of, uh, you know, issues that could be a problem in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. overall, like, you know, they're, they're not leaving their goalies, you know, hanging out to drop. I personally believe that if all due respect to DeBoer, that if he was coaching the players that he had uh, throughout this year, I'm not even sure they make the playoffs. And I, and I agree with you. I think Cassidy has done a phenomenal job. But with that being said, 
I'm not sure this is a team that can compete for a Stanley Cup. I have a lot of reasons mm. for thinking that way. I'm not saying they can't win a few rounds, but what are your thoughts, and do you think this team can seriously compete for a Stanley Cup? Well, there's a couple issues. Number one, I don't think a Stanley Cup has ever been won by a team who's starting its fourth stringer mm-hmm. like and playing all the game, maybe one or two here and yeah. there. But to be the guy, like for a play, you know, in the playoffs where goalies like become even more important, I find that difficult. And here's the issue. In order to protect the goalie, you sacrifice one thing, which is you sacrifice scoring, right? If you're more defensively sound and you're focused on that, now it becomes more difficult to score. You're not going to have as many transition chances. You're not going to, and in the playoffs, you don't anyway, because the game's more of a lockdown game. So my concern is the same concern that's been the case for Vegas for the last three, four years, which is all of a sudden in the playoffs, you know, they can't score, right? So that would be my biggest concern. Do I think that it's, I mean, if you, I, they've, they've defied, listen, at the all-star break, I said they were doomed, right? But I still don't think that with the four-string goalie, um, you know, you can compete. I do think a good idea, though, is it looks like Mark Stone is going to be back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally, and I'm not even kidding here, I would start him out on the fourth line. Mm. I know that sounds crazy, but the no. team is playing really well and gelling really well with the top three lines right now. Yeah. He can give a real boost to that and all and have some great mismatches. And obviously, once he gets into game shape, three, four, five games in, maybe you move him up the lineup. But no reason to sort of mess with what they got. The Barbashev, Stevenson, Kessel line has been great. You know, they've been doing what they need to as a third, and uh, they're fitting in pieces here and there. So I think you don't want to put Stone in a prominent role because you don't know what you're going to get. He played in the playoffs against Montreal. I think it was in the bubble and just yeah. wasn't himself. And you could see it. You know, he wasn't there. So I would give him time. I, I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, why would you mesh with uh, what's working so well lately? And I think I agree with you. I think you put Mark Stone on the fourth line, see what you get out of him. And, you know, by that second, third, maybe even fourth game, when you think he's back, then maybe you could switch things up a little bit. But I, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. I have to ask you this since we're talking about goalies. I know Robin Leonard has always been uh, a fan of yours, and I know you guys are, are friends. I have no idea when the last time was you guys talked, but is there any update on him and what he's been doing? Last I heard, you know, he's obviously re- you know rehabbing, recouping. There's no obviously no chance he's going to be playing in these playoffs, but, you know, he seems optimistic that he'll be able to come back next year, and obviously it's a tough road ahead, right? The amount of surgeries that he had, his age, you know, um, it's going to be difficult. But I would say that, like, for the team, like, if he can get back to where he was, that elevates his team in a big way because Robin Lehner in the in the Bruce Cassidy system is probably the ideal goal, right? Big, takes up a lot of space, doesn't move around a lot, has a great glove, you know, and is exactly what Cassidy wants. Very predictable in that sense. So that would bode well for the next season if he can do that. But again, he's got an uphill climb, you know, and, and yeah. who knows the way to go. We have like 18 goalies now, so I don't know what's going to happen have, with that. We do have quite a few. I have to ask you this. Uh, if it's Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and it's at home, let's just say, and it's the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, would you rather go to that game and miss – Day one of the main event where you can't get into any other day and it has to be day one and it's either you show up or you can't play in the main event. Which decision do you make there? Well, the decision I make is I bring an iPad to the table <laughs> and I play the damn tournament and yes. I'll watch the game. Uh, you know, You're like, I'm going to do it regardless. What if it was the Toronto Maple Leafs? Would your answer still be the same? <clears throat> I, the main event is like, I'm never going to miss that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the birth of my child happens on that day, Daniel. right? My wife's gonna have to Daniel. understand, like, babe, uh, I get tired at the stadium. <laughs> take what? lots of video, you know, 
<laughs> would your your wife seems like a very cool lady. What do you think she would say to you if that was the case? Would she understand? <laughs> she, this is the greatest thing about having Amanda as my wife. She fully understands poker and fully understands that for me to be happy, I need to be playing and competing at the highest level. She knows we don't need to be doing this for financial reasons. She knows that I love it and she supports me fully. Like Aww, she always awesome. puts me first. Like even crazy things like this. It's like, I got to play a tournament the next day. It's one 30 in the morning. She's feeling sick, like really sick. She's got some going on. So I have to go to the hospital. And I'm like, okay, I'll take you. She's like, no, no, I'll drive myself. Aww. I'm like, you, you have to play tomorrow. I'm like, she's a road team player. <laughs> she won't let me drive her. You, got, you got a gym right there. I love that. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. She wouldn't let me drive her. I, I, I did the man thing. I was like, no, babe, I don't take no for an answer. I'm going right. to take you. Da, da, da. No, she, she didn't want me to. I absolutely love that. Are you doing the same thing in the World Series of Poker this year as you've done in years past or letting people buy a piece of you? Are you doing that? I will be releasing a package on pokerstake.com, which will be available to people in, in this country and other places. And uh, we'll do it at no markup. For those that don't understand what that means is you're in on the same bet I am. You know, a lot of guys, what they'll do is they'll charge a little extra for the opportunity. But I just go, you know what? We're all in this together. And then once I do that, of course, I do the vlogs on my YouTube channel throughout. Um, and that's a lot of fun. And uh, so that's the plan. Same same as always. I f- nice. Do you feel, obviously, you're not doing this for financial reasons. Uh, you're doing it, which I think is wonderful to get fans involved and to root for you and, and, and make some money for them. I, I think that's so great. But I, I feel like there's the other caveat to it where there are some professionals or bigger name players that maybe are not doing so well uh, financially. And this is kind of a way for them to get bought into tournaments, right? No question. And what they'll do is, and the way that the marketplace works is simply this. Let's say Brian Shapiro says, I want to play in the $1,000 tournament. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously if somebody puts up the whole $1,000, then you get nothing. Yep. Right? You just play for fun. So what a lot of guys will do is say, but I'm charging 1.5 X. So, so for 10%, instead of it being a hundred dollars, you'd be doing $150. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you would be able to keep a little bit of that, you know, percentage yourself and you're charging a, you know, you're charging a little bit of a fee, if you will. And a lot of pros will do that to, you know, cause they, but that's, that's where sort of the real debate is like, who's yeah. charging. It's very difficult to know what is the exact fair price. Mm-hmm. Like for Shapiro, if you paid 1.5, you're getting robbed. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely getting, he's stealing from you. He's stealing. Like he's not worth 1.0. He's, I have, I have, I have, I have played in one world series of poker tournament, which was the main event. I, Eric Lindgren, your pal. Uh, paid for me to get in because I won a tournament at the Hard Rock, which you played in, by the way, Daniel. This is a long time ago. And I did cash. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you on that. I I, I busted Kevin Saul. I'll tell you what we can do. We can list you on Poker Stake. And people can buy a piece, and then we'll just we'll just give you a shot. So you can charge whatever you want. See okay. if the fans want a piece. How much are you worth, Shapiro Brian? The, the, the problem is everybody knows who you are, and nobody knows who I am. <laughs> who the hell is this idiot? I'll buy ten percent of we you. Can make that I'm work. in for ten percent. Wow. Well, that's 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 a lot. <laughs> uh, I might I might take you up on that. Anyway, uh, Daniel, it is always a pleasure having you yes, on the show, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll probably see you on the link somewhere in the next month, right? And I really do uh, appreciate you coming on uh, as always, Daniel. And, and uh, of course, we'll have you on. I'm sure, hopefully, again before. Uh, the main event but enjoy this next month month and a half and uh relax yeah all right and daniel i want to let you know we are live on youtube right now and you're getting a lot of love we even have edward from san antonio says you're literally one of my idols thank you so much for everything you do that's you're doing amazing daniel keep it up people are loving you daniel has a lot of fans but uh like he said on social media sometimes it's a it's a little bit too much with some of these uh scrabbles that people are getting into it with i'm with you daniel on that one anyway have a great weekend my friend always appreciate it when you come on thank you 
All right, guys. Appreciate Have a good that. One. Thank you. Have real, a good day, Daniel. That's Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu. Man, it's always a pleasure ha- pleasure uh, having him on. Uh, I was going to ask him, hey, what would it take to get a little PTL patch on his shirt? Uh, we probably can't afford a sponsorship <laughs> uh, uh, there. Daniel d- does very well, and he makes a lot of money. Um, yeah, I grew up with Danny Negreanu. You know, I nice. grew up. I grew up with watching him on television and what he's done in his poker career. And um, you know, the World Series of Poker starts on May thirtieth, uh, Jamie, and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, an interesting uh, experience for you to see it. Obviously, uh, the best poker players in the world, celebrities, and uh, I played in the main event in two thousand and nine. Uh, I won a poker tournament to get in, and uh, I didn't make it. I made like twenty two thousand. Mm. I came in. You, uh, you made how much? 22000 but the tournament cost 10000 10, to enter. Oh, I was on TV. I got a little bit of TV time. And there you nice. go. One of the best poker players in the world just said he would buy 10% of me. Yes. Uh, so that's actually uh, that's actually a compliment, even though he knows nothing about my <laughs> poker abilities. But uh, I believe you. Yeah. I believe but, you. Uh, that, was, that was fun. That was fun. Well, Jamie, it's been a fun uh, fun week. I'm going to yeah, be turning uh, 43, which is very yeah, depressing. Yeah, Brian's birthday Sunday. Very depressing. I'm turning 43. Don't say on it's Sunday. depressing. You're still yeah. alive. That's a blessing. It's amazing. Is my, on my driver's license, it's like three days off of what my actual birthday is. So that's a little annoying. I got a couple calls yesterday from people thinking it was my birthday yesterday. I got to go to the DMV and get that one fixed. That's for sure. Anyway, fun week of shows. I appreciate. Uh, Big Mo, Mo McKeskey, yes. Paul McKeskey joining us. Uh, we're going to enjoy some NBA action this weekend. And, uh, of course, my thanks to Guy David, who's always a pleasure uh, when he comes in studio with that thick Australian accent. It's awesome. <laughs> and, of course, Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu. Always a pleasure having him on as well. Yes. Um, so we got some very special guests, including comedian Lindsay Glazer, who's going to be joining us in studio on Tuesday of next week. We'll have plenty of other special guests. I haven't decided if I'm going to let Chris win. Uh, uh-uh. Join us on Monday or not? We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> depends how drunk. Don't do Chris. He, depends how drunk he gets on our birth on my birthday on Sunday. But anyway, Jamie, we'll uh, hope you have a good weekend. Hope everybody has a good weekend. I'll be there. with you this weekend. It's yes, your birthday. Yeah, well, partially, partially. I'm going to your dates too. Uh, I'm, well, I'm no, being at the next table. That's just not just staring. Yeah, that's you not, better. <laughs> I want. I want reports. I'm gonna put it on Instagram. That's, uh, <laughs> that's very off-putting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll see you same time, same place uh, on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you.